Good evening, good evening, good evening, Red Raider Nation. This is Joe with the Cotton Club crew coming to you on this Valentine's Day from the heartland of the 806 in Lubbock, Texas. And man, what a weekend in sports did we have. Starting on Saturday with the win against Central Florida to get back on the winning streak on the on the basketball front. Patrick Mahomes on Sunday completing his third Super Bowl title. And then the beatdown. The beatdown on Monday night in Lubbock, Texas over those hated, hated Kansas Jayhawks. Top 10 team in the nation and we just ran them out of the ran them out of the United Supermarkets Arena and it was great. I was there in person. We'll get to that here shortly. I'm going to talk about what happened on Saturday with the Central Florida game. Um, maybe not to, so much talk about the Super Bowl win to, um, with Patrick Mahomes and everything like that. That's another day, another podcast, just how it is. But we can all collectively, collectively just round of applause for Mr. Mahomes and his third Super Bowl championship playoff Patrick similar to Sunday Tiger once he gets in those playoffs he just becomes a different animal and the record goes to show that so uh, much credit to the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes bringing home his third Super Bowl championship to the city of Kansas City um, but let's just kind of jump into it. We're going to dive into the, the the first game of the basketball games that we needed to have going into a tough slate between Kansas and then at Iowa State. First off on Saturday, we had to we had to not tie it up with them Central Florida Knights. It was a tough game. It was a, a game of essentially two halves. Kerwin Walton went and shot lights out in that first half. 12 points, kind of didn't was a was a, a ghost in the second half. But Texas Tech goes to 17 and 6, 6 and 4 in the Big 12 after that victory on Saturday. Once again, <coughs> excuse me, battling some allergies there. Um, but let's just briefly talk about that basketball game. On Saturday, that kind of got Texas Tech back to where they needed to be, coming off of that three-game losing streak. Finally, got the flu bug through the team and out of the out of that locker room, and it it kind of showed. Obviously, there was some signs of fatigue there with Warren Washington and some other players there who had been affected with that flu bug, but you know that's to be expected. But Texas Tech did come out on Saturday against Central Florida. And put on a, a pretty solid showing. It wasn't the greatest. There was a lot of mistakes. The rebounding. There was, you know, just a lot of different things that, you know, we've been we've been having struggles with this year in basketball in certain aspects of it. Our our bench depth isn't deep. We can't rebound for crap sometimes. Well, let's all right, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Most of the time, we're not rebounding at all. We're not crashing the boards. And we go on these lulls where where we just go cold on offense. These are all the facts of what's been going on with this basketball team. Obviously, this team has made zero excuses given the three-game losing streak that they had there. 
They did have that battle with the flu bug. No excuses. They still went out to play, and they were competitive in every single one of those games that they lost. It's just one of those things. We got it out of our system. We needed to right the ship, and Central Florida was that game where we did right that ship. So a lot of players com- contributed to that win. Darren Williams, 13 points. Kerwin Walton, 12, given all 12 of those were in the first half. Joe Toussaint, 11 points. Warren Washington, 10. Then you get 7 from Pop, 7 from Chance, and 6 from Robert Jennings. All in a, you know, in a solid win. You know, a, a win you needed. A win, a must-win game that you needed to have in order to right the ship to still be relevant in this Big 12 conversation. I think we're past that point of where that we belong in the Big 12 among some of the better teams when we're healthy. And this was that game where we were all 100% healthy with the with the absence of Cambridge being the only guy that we don't have but you know, we've been out without him for a while now so that's not even really one we should throw in there but just for context, Devin Cambridge is the only guy that we don't have on this team right now being able to help, you know, with that knee injury that he had. So this was a big game for Texas Tech. Once again, they came out, Kerwin came out pretty hot, and and it kind of set the tone for the game. At the end of the first half, we had a score of 31-25, to 25, still relatively close to each other. And like I said, we did enough to win the game. It wasn't pretty at times. There was a lot of some things there that, you know, we hadn't been doing a whole lot of. It seemed like we were just, you know, pressing to a point. But we we still were able to go out there and get the job done. We had 10 turnovers to 14 assists, um, 30 defensive rebounds, 14 offensive rebounds to their 12 and 25. So on the rebounding front, this is one of those Big 12 teams that didn't overpower you in size. This isn't one of those teams that was bigger from you from the start. So this was as evenly matched, I guess, size-wise as a a Big 12 game can be for Texas Tech, given the lack and depth of size that this team has. So we held our own there, 44 rebounds total on the game to... UCF's 37 so something happened that we haven't experienced a whole lot of winning the rebound battle in a basketball game and you know that's the recipe you know you clean some of those things up especially on the on stopping them from getting the offensive boards there you know all bets are off you'll be in every single game and given the circumstances of us even being out rebounded in the majority of the games that we've played we've been in every single game this year with the one exception to Houston and the one exception early when we played Villanova. But we've been in pretty much every single ball game that we've stepped on the court. So this is a big change. I don't know what happened as far as locker room dynamics or if it was just that, you know, this was as about evenly matched height team that you faced this year. But you win the you win the rebounding battle against Central Florida cut off some of their extra opportunities on the offensive side when they get the offensive rebound 
and it was just an overall better game on the boards that you've had that you've had in the big in the conference play this year. So that was a big deal for us, you know. We shot, I believe it was um around 44% or 38% for the game field goal percentage. So that's really terrible. 33% from three point on the game. That's terrible. But hey, 87% from the free throw line. That's good. But it's one of those things. We didn't shoot the ball the best that we can. Obviously, whenever I start talking about the Kansas game, this is a total night and day difference from what you saw on Saturday to what you saw on Monday night here in Lubbock. So Texas Tech ultimately get got the win over Central Florida, taking their record to 17-6 and six overall, 6-4 six and four in the Big 12 putting them back into the thick of things at the top of the Big 12 going into Big Monday. And let me tell you what. I was at this game. I've been at a lot of Texas Tech basketball games over the years. I was at the Texas Tech basketball game when Chris Beard made his return with Texas. There's just not many atmospheres like that when a big time program like a Kansas, like a Texas comes into town, top 10 ranked, it's there's just something different in the air in Lubbock, Texas. Obviously, we've been protecting our court very well for the last 5 plus years and it's and it's because of our fans. It is because of everybody who goes out and supports this team. Going to play anywhere on the road in the Big 12 is tough. Now you add 15,000 plus screaming fans who absolutely do not want you in their arena, do not absolutely want you to to succeed. Nothing. No nothing does the crowd want you to be successful. End of story. And it was an atmosphere that I hadn't seen since that Texas game. Not taking anything away from that Texas game because that thing was filled to the max. And I expect it to be that same way when Texas comes over here in a couple weeks. But we'll talk about that when that time gets there. But the atmosphere and the energy in the arena from about an hour before tip was great. I had a chance to go down to the court level before the game even started. Had a chance to talk with some of the assistant coaches. Coach Wilson, Coach Brower, Coach AC, all of these guys I was able to speak to before the game. Everybody was calm, collective. They had their eyes on the prize. The team was focused. They were ready to go. Like this was the big one. Like this is this is the statement game. This is the game that we go out there and put the rest of the Big 12 on notice that we're we're here. We're not a one-trick pony. We're not a flavor of the month. We have staying power. And I I got the sense from the coaching staff when I was talking to them before the game that this was just going to be one of those games. Coach, Coach McCaslin and company, all the other coaches that I did just mention, Coach Smart, <coughs> excuse me, Coach Smart as well, they had the essentially the perfect game plan to execute and then on top of that you have a player who just you know decided not to miss me and we'll talk about Darian Williams performance on Monday night 
a historic performance, one that you rarely see at any level, anywhere. Just these are just it's like a no hitter, a perfect game. These things don't happen often. A hole in one, for example. And it was to be able to watch that firsthand how historic his night was and how well he played on both sides of the basketball was like I said, it's just one of those things that you'll that you'll take with you for a while. And what Darian Williams did on Monday night, like I said, it's just I wish I had a ticket stub that I could keep to say that I was there whenever he he did that because it's one of those kinds of performances. But getting into the game itself, Kansas didn't hold the lead at all in the game. It was a they tied us, I believe, early on after we made a, a general run. And then after that, it was it was all Texas Tech. Um, 37-28 at, at the end of the first half. They're big players. Obviously, no Kevin McCuller. That's their that's their that's their alpha. That's their go-to. That's their glue guy. He's the the captain. He's the one who gets people in the right spots. And his absence was was clearly missed. But Kansas has a whole lot of problems. And granted, I'm not a I don't watch Kansas and I don't claim to be a, all this a, a Kansas homer by any means, but they do have issues on the road. They've only won one game on the road this year, and it's Jekyll and Hyde. You get one monster in Allen Fieldhouse, and whenever you you get them out of Allen, they turn into this big cupcake team that you know gets bullied around, and it's really really hard to see a Bill Self team get get dogged like that. It's great when your team's doing the dogging on that team. But it is just very strange to see a Bill, a, a Bill Self coach team, given all the talent that he has within that program, to just, you know, to get, you know, drummed like this. I mean, Jesus, almost 30 points. And had we made some more free throws, we would have been, we would have beat them by plus 30. So let's just kind of go into the game itself. I'll close with Darian Williams, but let's just talk about the 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 defensive side of the ball what tech had to do to stop the big three that they had on the floor and that would be between dewan harris kj adams and texas tech favorite hunter dickinson i am smirking very big right now because i know everybody in this area doesn't like mr dickinson he's just a prick and that's just let's call it for what it is he made some comments when um, Terrence Shannon was trying to transfer out this, that, and the other, you know, opening his mouth when he shouldn't have, whenever he didn't know the situation comes to the big 12 and he was greeted. He was greeted by them, those fans in the student section and they made it known, especially when he airballed that three ball in the, in the second half. But those three guys are the engine that pushes this Kansas car. And whenever you hold those guys to seven points from Harris, five points from Adams, and five points from Dickinson, 
if you hold those three guys to that kind of scoring output, they're not going to win many ball games. That's just how it is. These guys wreck the opposition when those guys are on. And whatever Coach McCaslin, Coach Smart, the whole coaching staff did as a whole to come collectively to stop these three guys from taking over the game and making it competitive to where, you know, it was a close game. You absolutely made these guys nothing. I know Harris was still banged up with the ankle. It didn't seem like he was really hobbled by that. I mean, he played 36 of the 40 minutes on the basketball court. So I don't think it was as bad as it was perceived going into this game. But he did play 36 of the 40 minutes. K.J. Adams also played 36 of the 40 minutes. And Hunter Dickinson, 30 minutes of the 40. So those guys, I mean, all those guys essentially stayed on the court a majority of the game. It seemed there at the start that when Tech had a chance to make a real run, when Dickinson first came off came off the court and actually it did the adverse effect Kansas actually was able to get back into the game it seemed that we played better when Dickinson was on the court like the 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 whole Texas Tech team took it upon themselves and made it a a mission to stop him from being effective in this game he was he was playing dirty let's just kind of let's just talk about that real quick um there's videos out there obviously we know that he hasn't his track record is is fairly bad he gets some of these calls when they're at allen Fieldhouse. he doesn't necessarily get them on the road and robert jennings and warren washington kept him in check they bodied him up they were super physical with him, and they made his life a living hell for the 30 minutes that he was in the game. They just made his life an absolutely living hell, keeping him shooting from the field 2 for 12, 0 for 2 from 3-point, and 50% at the line. He just wasn't effective. Seven rebounds, five points. These are the, the things that you don't necessarily see from a Hunter Dickinson or a player of that caliber to have such a, a bad game. And it was great because this is just a momentum booster for our guys. Robert Jennings, I also have to give tons of credit to. This is what kind of was like his coming out party. He was very effective on both sides of the court. He didn't back down. He he ended the game with eight points. He was only on the court for 20 minutes. It seemed like he was out there for a whole lot longer. And Six of his eight points came from the free throw line. Either getting a rebound or getting the ball down low, making a head fake, making a move, drawing the foul, getting the the chances at the charity stripe. And then guess what? His only other two points in the game was the Robert Jennings dunk with the Euro step tomahawk jam that absolutely got the United Supermarkets Arena jumping. I was up on my feet. My daughter was up on my feet, plus the other 15,000 plus of us. That was the 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 dagger, the dagger, the 
the go to sleep, the we just took you out behind the woodshed and put you down, game, set, match, it's over. That dunk was massive for many reasons. Obviously, to end the game, not so much necessarily end the game, but just say it's a wrap. There's no more. Y'all could just shut it down, bring in the rest of y'all's bench. This is a wrap. It's over. Also, for Robert Jennings, I know he's been getting a whole lot of flack lately for not being as productive year two, not being as physical, not being able to finish at the rim, looking lost there on the defensive side, looking lost there on the offensive side. But you have to give him his roses for this performance. Besides Darren Williams, for obvious reasons, this is one of those performances that this could essentially catapult you into being a major contributor off of the bench and if we were able to get spell worn some extra minutes because robert jennings has solidified himself as as a one of those guys to push for minutes and who will be productive on both sides of the of the of the court offense and defensive side of the ball look out because warren washington with fresh legs healthy this is like i said when this team is a hundred percent this team really goes they gel they move the ball around and it's it's like i said it's just a delight to see you're not you're not going to get much better than that with certain passes and like i said robert jennings hats off to you my friend coming out party it couldn't happen to a better player you're a hell of a guy you're a hell of a representation of this university you stuck around you stuck around when all of the shit went down in the off season whenever you had the opportunity to leave this program and with good reason you decided to come back and we couldn't be gladder or more happy to have you back with this team especially whenever you put a performance out there like you did on monday so robert jennings Hats off to you, my friend. Hell of a game, and I can't wait to see what you have in store for us moving forward the through the rest of the basketball season to close out the Big 12. Now on to the man of the hour, Darian Williams. 30 points, 11 boards, 12 of 12 from the field, 4 of 4 from beyond the arc, he was good at the charity stripe. Two for two there. All in 38 minutes of work. He was off the court for two minutes. Just think about that. This man had 120 seconds blow during the game and halftime. But we don't count halftime. He was out on the court making plays. One of the great things that I really enjoyed about watching Darian's performance, you know, when some guys and certain players, they get hot, they knock down a couple of shots, they just go run down the court and throw up another one, and everybody yells, heat check, you know. He didn't do that. He knew he was on. He didn't force up any ill-advised shots to check to see if he was hot, he just played the game as it was to be played, made the open shot, 
took the extra pass and he was able to exploit mismatches on the pick and roll where he was matched up with somebody smaller and he just bodied him and went to work down low. A perfect game from the field. There wasn't anything about his performance that, you know, looking at, I guess, the if you're trying to be super critical of somebody's gameplay, this was just one of those games. He threw a perfect game. There's nothing he did wrong. His effort was through the roof. He bodied whoever he was on, and he was on K.J. Adams for a majority of the game. And K.J. Adams, five points. Didn't even show up. And you had a second-year basketball player, Nevada transfer, ex-Nevada player or freshman player of the year, coming into the Big 12, Coach McCaslin's first first um, player to commit to the university via the transfer portal. And this is this is all coming full circle for this young man. Like I said, it was great to see him him play the way he did because that as as a fan now and covering the game now, it's great to see that happen and before your eyes. But then you also got to realize that this kid's only going to get better. And it's going to be a huge problem for the next couple of years whenever we have some more serious talent coming in, which we'll talk about when it's all said and done later on of who's coming, who's staying, you know, but his performance, like I said, it's, it's, I really do wish I had my ticket stub to say that I was at this ball game to watch what he did. It was, like I said, just a thing of beauty. He played the game the right way. He took the shots whenever they were made available. He took advantage of the mismatches when they were available he got the boards when he needed to. He was super physical. Like I said, there's just nothing else about his game on Monday that I could really, really knock because there's just nothing there. I mean, he deserves all the credit. He carried this team on his back, and it was it was great. One turnover, I guess, if you're looking for the one blemish on his on his stat line was the one turnover on the game. But hell, I don't even remember that happening. So if I don't remember it happening, it didn't happen. I don't know where these stats came from, but it's a lie. So Darian Williams, one of the all-time great games that any collegiate athlete could have on the basketball court he had. And it, he did it against some of the best basketball players that this country gets in the Kansas Jayhawks. Another thing... Aside from Darian Williams, another thing that I've seen over the course of practices and being around the team this summer, things that they do great and things that Coach McCaslin and company preach, you know, other than, you know, just the fundamentals of it all, is making the jump pass. And as maybe not the jump pass, you drive into the hole, you, you if you come off your feet, you land on both feet. And then you make the decision to pass. You don't throw the ball off of one foot 
an ill-advised pass that ends up in the stands or ends up in a turnover. You're giving up some freebies on the other side. And there's a couple plays there where Chance McMillan drove in, jump-stopped, found the open guy. We hit him, which was a great pass for an open look. And then we hit him with another pass for an even better look. So giving up a good shot for a great shot. And this team took advantage, took full advantage. Pop was making some ridiculous passes from down underneath, getting it to an open Darian Williams in the in the corner for a three. The Chance McMillan still fast break to Kerwin, where he hits a wide open three. I mean, these things, it's just between us shooting so hot in the game on, on both sides, out rebounding the Kansas Jayhawks 42 to 26. I mean, these things just don't happen. Where we scored more from beyond the arc in the first half, and then a majority of our points in the second half came within the paint. These things don't happen. You know, you get like a little mixed blend here and there. You know, we were table for three for the Texas Tech Red Raiders was all first half. And hey, second half comes around, we're going to bully you in the paint. (coughs) Excuse me. 28 points in the paint. 12 points off of turnovers. 17 bench points. Zero lead changes. Seven second chance points. Out-rebounded him 42-26, to as I said. You shoot almost 50% from the field the entire game. Almost 39% from three-point and 68% from the charity stripe where you left some points on the points off there, you know, you missed seven free throws on the game. The majority of those misses came in the first half, one for five, and then you're 14 for 17 in the second half, which is more like Texas tech basketball and our high free throw percentage there. But this was a fun game for many reasons. Obviously a big win over a top 10 team, in the nation is always fun. I mean, as an unranked team, even though we know that we're good enough to be ranked with our resume right now, um, I wouldn't necessarily say it was an upset. I guess a lot of people could say it was an upset because it's unranked versus a six, a six uh, top ten team in the nation in the six um, six ranked Kansas Jayhawks. But I don't think many fans in the Lubbock area and Red Raider fans from across the you know, across thought that tech didn't have a legitimate shot at winning this game. Uh, this team, I fully believe that they, they knew that they were going to come out and win this game. Maybe not in the fashion that they did, but there was like almost zero doubt that this was a W for, for tech. I know Dewan Harris was not a hundred percent. Dickinson and KJ Adams don't necessarily shoot like that often, but I do also think that it had something to do with the defense we played. And then you're losing almost 18 points per game whenever McCuller's not out on the court. Yes, these are all factors, but you're still, given that you were still able to beat 
a Houston team. You know, you were still able to beat this team. So whatever excuses Jayhawk fans have, they could just suck it. Texas Tech isn't making excuses for the three-game skid, even though that a majority of the team had the flu between those three games. No excuses are made. This is who we are. This is what Coach McCaslin does. He wins. When he was brought in to take over for this basketball program, there was a lot of skepticism out there. There was a lot of, uh, we probably could have hired somebody better. But this guy... Give him his roses, everybody. If you were ever hard on the hire, you know, admit it. You know, I'm not saying that we're going to win a natty this year. As much as I would love to see it, I just don't think that's that's happening. But does does this team have the coaching staff to get them there? Yes. Does this team have players that believe? Yes. Does this team have the fan support yes they do so it's just one game at a time at this point you're 18 and 6 overall 7 and 4 in big 12 play 7 and 4 i would i would be i bet i'm it's safe for me to say that nobody called texas tech doing this this year it was a rebuild year. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs. There's going to be a lot of this, that, or the other. Growing pains, you know. This is how it's all usually mapped out. But this team believes. This team has as the faith. They have the coaching staff. They have the players. It's just, you know, gelling and putting it all together. But if this is the kind of game, what it looks like when they put it all together, all bets are off on how far this team could go. And that's just how I see it. Moving on, it's just what this Texas Tech basketball team has been able to accomplish, like I said, up until this point this year, is nothing but remarkable. And that's all credit to Coach McCaslin and his staff. Everybody within that program, trainers, everybody, student managers, everybody who goes into the Womble and works with this team all deserve the credit that this team is rightfully deserving of. So if you see a Red Raider out there, thank them. If you're on any social media platform, go support your guys. Tell them, hey, I love watching you kick the shit out of Kansas. I mean, I don't have a problem saying that. Kerwin Walton, I take care of your vehicle. If you ever need a chat, man, or get your car washed again, come and see me. We'll take care of you. These things about this basketball program, like I said, is just all about support. Good, bad, or the other, you you support your Red Raiders. No matter what. They They go out there, they were... They were dealt some unfavorable chips as far as the unknowns, new coaching staff, how this team was going to gel, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they've came out and have performed. They've gelled. They've played well. It's a brotherhood. It's a family. It's a bond. 
And it's just getting stronger and it's just getting started, Texas Tech fans. So, get your guns up. We're 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 pushing this thing. We're pushing this thing. We have a pretty favorable schedule closing out the year. We do travel to Ames this Saturday, which isn't going to be easy. Going over there to play is not a very easy place to win. But you have TCU at home. You have Texas at home. You have Baylor at home. You know, games that are all winnable. Games that are going to be super hype. You have a... Then the other two away games, the other three, I apologize. The other three you have remaining, with the exception to Iowa State at Hilton Coliseum this Saturday morning. You have Central Florida, West Virginia, and Oklahoma State. The three bottom feeders of the Big 12. Not saying that those are going to be gimme games because this is the Big 12. Everybody's beatable. Everybody could on any given Saturday or Tuesday could come out and win. But you do have a pretty favorable schedule to end the year. Now, what do you do with it? Is We'll just wait and see. One game at a time. The mentality, we're here. We're right now. Toughest team wins. That's Texas Tech basketball. And they're taking their act on the road to Ames, Iowa on Saturday. So I'm going to cut this recording now. My name is Joe. Once again, I am with the Cotton Club crew. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're out there. Follow me on my my personal t- Twitter, TTU Pesadente. I love, you know, talking to fans. I love being involved in these conversations. I love interacting I didn't necessarily think I was going to ever get into this realm of podcasting or covering Texas Tech sports to any degree other than just chit-chatting with some friends, co-workers, this, that, and the other. But I am working on a full year of doing this with these group of guys, and I've loved every single minute of it. I love every single one of you guys who follow us, who support us. I know there's a bunch of others who do the same things that we're doing. We support them as well as 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 such. And we just want to get our name out there. We love talking tech sports fans perspective. We don't have all of the deets on everything. We don't have any insider information on anything. We just like to talk Texas Tech sports. I love to talk Texas Tech sports. Matter of fact, it's great. It's fun to do. And I love, like I said, interacting with you guys that are out there. So if you have questions, you have, you want to jump on a pod with us. I'm not saying that that necessarily is going to happen, but you know, who, who knows? We may start having guests. Baseball season's coming up. That's a whole lot of baseball games to cover. Basketball season is still on the rise and Texas Tech Ben's basketball program is on the rise. Let's talk. You guys have questions, anything. Like I said, feel free to reach out on any of our platforms. We are here to listen, good, bad, or the other. This is what we do. Yes, it's a side gig, but this is stuff we do because we enjoy doing Excuse me. We enjoy doing it. So, from Joe Lopez with the Cotton Cup crew, I am signing off for the evening. We'll talk to you again soon with more content basketball content going into Iowa State 
baseball content starting on Friday. It's here. It's here. It's here. Baseball season is here. A lot of talk. A lot to talk about on that front as well, which we will be diving into soon as well. So thank you for joining me. Have a great night and wreck them.